don't know. It's, it's amazing what God can do um, when we're open to his leading. Right? Now, someone joked around, around this morning and said, so are you excited to go? I'm like, yeah, yeah, we actually feel God is in us. We're excited. He said, well, it must be a God thing if you're excited to go to Fort McMurray. And I said, well, yeah. <laughs> Imagine this. This is my second time going there. <laughs> and I'm still excited. So, so, yes, God is in it. You know what? Friends, we serve a faithful God. Amen? A faithful God to lead us and to guide those who seek him. And now again, he may not specifically lead you like that. However, I would say that the Christian life is a spirit-filled, spirit-led life. That's what it is. And I've been wrestling with this past couple weeks, what on earth am I going to share with the congregation? My last time preaching here. What, what do I say? How, how do I get everything that's in me out of me? You know? Well, I figure, well, Pastor Paul's not here, so I'm going to let it rip. No. <laughs> you know? I just, blah. But my last time here preaching, um, I really struggled with putting this message together, and I kind of fumbled through preaching in the first service. But I kind of thought to myself, you know what? If there was only one message I was ever allowed to preach, that's it. For whatever weird, bizarro world scenario I'd find myself in, you only can preach this one message. Forget everything else. One message. Um, It would be along these lines. The Christian life is a spirit-filled, spirit-led life. Any other form of what you think Christianity is is not a a real Christianity. You know what? We're going to read it in just a moment in the Scripture. But the Christian life is supposed to be full of the Holy Spirit, and the Spirit's leading. Now, again, that's going to look very different from me to you. I mean, God speaks to us differently, absolutely. Um, There's been times in my life God has spoken many different ways to me uh, in order to lead me into something and whatever his will was for me at that time. But there's no doubt about it, the Christian life is a Spirit-filled, Spirit-led life. And perhaps, maybe if you're honest today, you might say, boy, you know, I'm very far from this. Um, I haven't felt God's Holy Spirit. I haven't felt his infilling of his spirit or, 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 or direction of the Holy Spirit in some time. We'll hang in there. I believe today you're going you're gonna to experience that. So in Romans chapter 8, if you have your Bible, we're going to go there for a few minutes. And again, I told you if, if there was one message I was ever allowed to preach, this would be it. Now, of course, Romans chapter 8 is one of those glorious chapters in the Bible that for many of us, it's our favorite chapter. It's certainly one of my favorites, if not the favorite. I've probably preached on it, I don't know how many times. But you'll get a sense as we read through this in the next couple minutes that indeed the Christian life is supposed to be a spirit-filled, spirit-led life. And that really is my hope and prayer for you today. That again, you will feel the the, the filling of the Holy Spirit in your life today and his leadership in your life because in my mind, there's no better way to live anyways. Romans chapter 8, here we go, verse 1. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Can anyone shout amen to that? 
Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) This is why we can live a spirit-filled life, right? Because there's no condemnation. We can always come before Jesus. For those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, that is sin, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. So he condemned sin in the flesh, basically by his death on the cross, right? He condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us. Again, we can't do that. Pause. We can't do that. It's because of what Jesus did on the cross. Amen? That the righteous requirement of the law was fully met. Who do not live according to the flesh. This is talking about us now. We do not live according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. So in order for this to be put into action, in order for this to work, we need to live not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. This is who this applies for. So if you're trying to work out your Christianity in the flesh, this doesn't work. It does not work. Christ's sacrifice does not work for us if we are trying to do it in the flesh. Very interesting. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit. Hello. If indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. That's harsh words. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. Not your righteousness, but Christ's righteousness. Amen? That is afforded to us. That is accredited to us upon our salvation. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, then He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of the Spirit who lives in you. Of course, we're talking about you know, eternal life, the great hope that we have. Praise God. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Now pause there for a second. Those of us who who find ourselves struggling with our sin nature, whatever that struggle is, and by the way, we all have a struggle that we're working through, right? We can't defeat it on our own. It says it right here. We put to death the misdeeds of... uh, Sorry. uh, If by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, we have to do it with the help of the Holy Spirit. Right? Right? So again, it's the Holy Spirit. It's not by the flesh, just me, you know, some of us, okay, I'm not going to sin. Don't sin. Just, you know, grit your teeth, bear it. The Holy Spirit wants to help us, to set us free from sin. For those who are led by the Spirit of God, this is key, those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Do you find yourself being led of the Spirit? Good question. Again, he'll he'll do that differently for all of us. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received uh, brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. And the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are his children, then we are his heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you this morning for your grace that makes this spirit-filled, 
spirit-led life possible. Thank you for that grace. Thank you for your anointing today. And God, I pray that it would not just be me sharing words, but God, that you would minister by the power and the presence of your Holy Spirit today, and that you would bring freedom into our lives, Lord, that we might be more like you, more like the, the people, and Lord, that you're calling us to be. And so, Jesus, I just pray you would have your way in us and through us today. In your name we pray. Can anyone say amen? Amen. So friends, we just read this awesome scripture and really this is a spirit-filled, spirit-led life. That's what it is about. That is what is afforded to us, these wonderful promises and truths that we read from the scriptures. And you know what, perhaps if, if you're here and you say, you know, again, boy, I am far from the person that this is talking to be. I find myself, and guys, but guess what? Again, we all, this is the human condition, Right? We struggle with the flesh. This is why Paul's writing it so much. And this is why he's saying, look, there's no condemnation. But, come on, let's get in step with the Spirit. Let's get in step with the Holy Spirit. If we indeed are in Christ, then we are living in a spiritual realm. Then the Holy Spirit needs to be alive and active on the inside. And perhaps there's times of, of, of refreshing and conviction, but there's times of, of peace and there's times of, uh, of victory. And, and God has afforded all of that to us. Amen? A peace and victory and freedom he wants to do in our hearts and in our lives. And maybe perhaps you're not experiencing that today, but by God's grace, he wants to transform us today. And we don't deserve any of these wonderful things that that Jesus wants to do for us and that he does for us. But it's by his grace. And what happens oftentimes is that, and again, I understand this because I too struggle with this, but sometimes a lot of us, we come to Christ and we receive by faith the grace that's afforded to us for our salvation. But then all too often we go about our lives trying to do things in our own strength and our own understanding. And perhaps without even knowing it, yeah, we can say Jesus is my Savior, but we end up becoming Lord of our own lives. Doing things in our own understanding, our own strength. And friends, I I don't know about you, but that's an exhausting place to be. (laughs) That's a tiring place to be. Paul was so concerned about this in Galatians chapter 5. Of course, you read Galatians. Uh, Galatians is probably my favorite uh, entire book of the Bible. And, uh, you know, he's writing uh, to combat the Judaizers in the church, in the church of Galatia. And uh, they had, it wasn't just Jesus was enough for salvation, but it was Jesus plus this. Jesus plus tradition. Jesus plus, you know, Jewish rites. Jesus plus this, that, and the other thing. And Paul is saying, look, you know, no, it's Christ alone. And he writes in Galatians 5.3, he says, after be, uh, beginning by means of the Spirit. Now catch this, everybody, okay? In light of the message, he says, After beginning by means of the Spirit, are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? Doesn't work. He goes on to call them foolish. Who has bewitched you? That gospel that you are buying into is no gospel at all. Amen? It's just Jesus. So the Holy Spirit needs to be alive and active uh, in our lives. And, you know, it's not just our intellect and our education, or even because we're so diligent. These are all wonderful things. But outside of the Holy Spirit filling us and leading us, we are not living the life that I would say Christ would have us to live. Paul writes again in Ephesians chapter 5, he said, Do not get drunk on wine, 
which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. So don't be under some other influence. Be under the influence of the Holy Spirit, right? Be under the influence of the Spirit. And so a few things here today I just want to highlight, and, uh, and we will get through it here today. If you're taking notes, you can jot some of these things down. I've often said, I'll say it one last time here, it's been scientifically proven that those who take notes are more likely to get into heaven, so it's always a good idea to take notes, okay? I make that joke every time. Well, the Holy Spirit is a seal for our salvation, is a seal of our salvation. We see in verse 9 of Romans chapter 8 that you are in the realm of the Spirit if indeed the Spirit of God lives within you. And we really struggle with this, don't we? I mean, I do, right? Man, I I had, um, you know, something in the past couple weeks that came out. I was like, man, I I just never thought, God has been challenging me. You need to think differently about this. This is a spiritual thing, not a physical thing. Oh, right. I honestly had never thought of it before. Lord, what what do you want to do there, right? We live in the realm of the Spirit, but we struggle with that because we live in a physical world. You know, and some of us, if I'm being honest, we profess to be Christians, but live as though there isn't a spiritual realm at all. You know, I'm not, again, I'm not, I don't want to drop the heavy on you, but there is. Again, if we are in Christ, there is, there, there, there is a spiritual realm. Ephesians chapter 1 says, When you believed, you were marked in him with the seal, the promised Holy Spirit. So when we're in Christ, the Holy Spirit should be, needs to be alive and active in our lives. And I guess a good question for us today is, do we know the voice of the Holy Spirit? Do we spend time in prayer, in in worship, in the Word, in fellowship? These are all important things so we understand the voice of the Spirit in our lives. In fact, it is integral to the believer. It goes on in verse 9 in chapter 8 of Romans. It says, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. Whoa. So what is your relationship with the Holy Spirit? Is it dynamic? Perhaps is it a little flat and needs some refreshing? Or perhaps maybe completely non-existent? And I'm not dropping all these things to produce condemnation. We just read up here, right? Hey, there's no condemnation. And again, all of these things, it's only because of God's grace. But these are good, honest questions to ask ourselves. Because again, the Christian life is a spirit-filled, spirit-led life. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, I preached on this a few weeks, months, I don't know how long ago it was. That the person who has his mind on the things of the flesh cannot accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. So we need to have the mind of the Spirit. We need to have the Holy Spirit alive and active in our lives. Commentator James Boyce tells the story of the life of uh, the English uh, abolitionist, which uh, he helped free uh, or end the slave trade in English. William Wilberforce, if anyone's ever heard of him, he's a prominent figure in English history. 
And uh, he had tried unsuccessfully to get his friend, William Pitt, who was the prime minister of England, he had tried unsuccessfully to, go, to get him to go hear the great British preacher, R- Richard Cecil. And uh, the prime minister, Pitt, was a, you know, again, I'm quoting James Boyce, was a nominal Christian only, a church member. That's a very interesting term, nominal Christian. What does that really mean? Not really a Christian. <laughs> or I'm not the judge God is, but... but if we're going by what Scripture says, it's questionable. Just attending church, by the way, doesn't make you any more of a Christian than going to McDonald's makes you a hamburger, okay? It's about what Jesus has done on the inside of your heart, okay? It's about Christianity. Is <laughs> Christianity is about life transformation. It's not just about information. It's about transformation. So finally, agreeing to go with Wilberforce, the Prime Minister Pitt attended this preaching service with this prominent British preacher, Cecil, and where the two sat under a powerful and wonderful presentation of the truths of God. And Wilberforce was sure that his friend, the Prime Minister, would sense the truth and embrace it wholeheartedly. It was a powerful message. But as they left the service, Pitt turned to Wilberforce and said, you know what, Wilberforce? I haven't the slightest idea what that man has been talking about. Sad. And Boyce, the commentator, finished by saying, clearly, Pitt was as deaf to God as if he were a physically dead man. Again, the things that come from the Spirit are foolishness to those who do not have the Holy Spirit because they're spiritually discerned. So another question comes, well, how, how, do, you, how do you get there? Are you fully surrendered to Christ? I mean, this is what Christianity, you know, Jesus gave his all for us. And what does he expect in return? All of us. Our whole lives. It's not just for the pastor. It's just not for the preacher. He probably won't call you to come up here and do this. Praise God, it's not for everybody. (laughs) But are we fully surrendered to Jesus? Is your mind on things of the flesh or on things above? Because the things of the flesh are really things of this world, which are inherently self-seeking, self-absorbed, self-gain, self-pleasure. Boy, do we struggle with this. Do I struggle with this? Right? Oh, friends, I need to be recalibrated daily. <laughs> right? I need, you need to be recalibrated, so do I. We all do. Wow. But this is not how we're supposed to live, you know. And, and of course, the, the, the furthest extent of this, we read it again in Galatians chapter 5, it's a very famous scripture verse, you know, the, the acts of the flesh and then the fruit of the Spirit, right? Again, we're talking about a Spirit-led, Spirit-filled life. Well, if we are living that way, there should be at least a, a growing measure of the fruit of the Spirit. Yeah, we're not going to all arrive, on, you know, in the here and now, uh, you know, as long as we're living in this body of sin. But it goes on to say in Galatians 5, you know, that the acts of the flesh are obvious, Paul says. This, you know, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry. Which idolatry, by the way, is putting anything before God, really. Witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition. Wow. Boy, that one can fly under the radar, can't it? You know? Some of these other ones are so obvious, like, oh, what a horrible person. We don't think that way about someone who has ambition. Selfish ambition. Dissensions. Factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. 
But the fruit of the Spirit, again, if the Holy Spirit is alive and active on the inside, these are some of the things that He should be producing in us. The fruit of the Spirit is love, wow, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Again, friends, I don't do all these things perfectly, but praise God, I'm not where I used to be. And I'm moving forward in Jesus, amen? And by faith, I will endeavor to live this way with the help of the Holy Spirit. Man, there's more times than I would like to admit in front of you today that I've had to have course corrections and mind corrections and spiritual heart surgery, you know? He says in 525, Galatians 525, since we live by the Spirit, again, assuming we're in Christ, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Keep in step. So the presence of the Spirit in the life of the believer is critical to everything. Corey Ten Boone illustrated this one day by saying, you know, she had a glove in her hand. She said, look, here I have a glove here in my hand. The glove cannot do anything by itself, but when my hand is in it, it can do many things. True, it is not the glove, but my hand in the glove that acts. And we are like that. We are gloves. It is the Holy Spirit in us who is the hand who does the job. We have to make room for the hand so that every finger is filled. I like that. So wherever we are in our walk with Christ today, friends, you know what? Maybe you've been walking with him for a long time and you're on this journey. Maybe, you, maybe your relationship with the Holy Spirit is dynamic. That's awesome. Keep going. Maybe you need to be refreshed. It's a little, okay, we can have a time of refreshing here today. We're going to do that, by the way. We're going to have, we're going to have we didn't have a prayer time earlier. We're going to have a time of prayer and ministry in just a few moments. If you need some, just, just a fresh infilling of the Spirit, this would be a great time to do. Maybe you don't even... No Christ. You have no, this is all new to you. And you know what? You're saying, Pastor Darren, I don't have the Holy Spirit because I, I don't even know what you're talking about. Well, this is a great day as well for you to give your life to Christ and allow the Holy Spirit to pour in his presence in your life and fill you today. So wherever we're at in our walk with Christ, I invite you today to, let, to draw close to him. Second thing that we can talk about real quick is that in the scripture here that we read in Romans chapter 8 is that the Spirit gives life, that He is the one who, who, who affords this, this life. You know, in John 10.10, 10, it says that Jesus came to give abundant life, right? Life to the full. If you think that Christianity is boring, you, ha- you don't have Christianity. <laughs> you don't have the real deal anyways. You don't have the full meal deal. If you think that being a Christian is boring, friends, you don't understand. Again, God may not ask you to come up here and do this, but you cannot, by reading the scripture, being having a spirit-filled and spirit-led life, that is not a boring life. He's got a plan for you. He's got a purpose for you. You know, he may not ask you to do some crazy, radical, out-there thing, like quit your job, like then move to Fort McMurray. But he will ask you to do some things. <laughs> and some of those things might be hard. Has God ever asked you to do a hard thing? Anybody? That's not boring. That's kind of stressful. <laughs> Lord, I don't want to do it. Yeah, but I'm with you. You don't understand. I got good things for you. Just follow me. Trust me. So the Spirit gives life. We see it in verse 10. It says the Spirit gives life, Romans 8 
Verse 10. The Spirit gives life because of righteousness. So this is not our righteousness. We said that. This is the righteousness of Christ. You know what? One of the most important doctrines that we need to understand in Scripture as Christians is the doctrine of imputation. Not amputation. Imputation. Which is a weird word. But it comes from the Greek. It's a weird Greek word called... I can't even say it. Legizomai. Anyways. Imputation. Meaning that... Christ's righteousness is imputed to us. It is accredited to us. It is actually, the, the word picture is put within us. Like, oh, right in us. That's Christ's righteousness. It's, it's, it's in us. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Right? So the Spirit gives life because of His righteousness. So when we think, boy, this spirit-filled, spirit-led life, wow, that sounds so great, but Pastor Darren, I'm, I, I'm so far away from what I should be in Christ. Friends, it is not based on your righteousness. It is not based on your performance. Yes, we need to get in step with the Spirit. Yes, we need to obey and trust God. But friends, if you're relying on your performance, or if I'm relying on my performance, we're all hooped. Your performance and my performance will never measure up. But because of Christ's righteousness in me, I can stand in faith, just accepting that. And then faith, I can believe that God has this all available for me. So when God looks down at the believer from his holy throne, he doesn't see our feeble attempts to be righteous and to do the right things, which, which of course we usually manage to mess up. We still struggle with sin. But what he sees is Christ, his righteousness Because what Christ died in our place on the cross to pay the penalty for our sins. So guess what, friends? I have a declaration for you today. I am set free from sin. Does it mean I still sin sometimes? Yes. But I'm set free from sin. I believe it. Do you believe that for your life? You are set. If you're in Christ, you are set free from the power of sin. That's who I am, and I believe by the power of the Holy Spirit, alive and active in me, that I can live the life God wants me to live. So it's because of this righteousness that we've received and should continue to live in faith, and that we're also afforded this life. And Jesus, again, said that he came to give life abundantly. I love how it says in John 10.10 in the message. He says, I came so that they can have real and eternal life. I love that. Real life. It's almost like, you know, some people are alive, but they're not really living, you know? Until you experience Christ and the life that, that's real life, you know? And eternal life, which is the next thing. The Spirit gives hope. And we read it in verse 11 in chapter 8, that the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, right? And He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of the Spirit that lives within you. And when you are in Christ and the Holy Spirit is alive and active in you, we have an assurance of the life to come. I don't get too bogged down on the things of this world. Do you know why? Because I know that this is just temporary. I know that this is not all there is. I'm serious. I'm not kidding. How could someone so young be so morbid to be thinking about the afterlife? Well, friends, this is what it is. I don't live for just today. I don't, I, 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 seriously, I, I, I don't want to get stressed out about the things of life because I know that whatever I'm stressed about today will just be... Pfft, gone tomorrow and I won't even, you know. We have a great hope. 
You know, it says that we will, he will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. Hallelujah. We have a glorious future in Jesus in eternity. And that is a, a, a hope that the Spirit puts within us. And then next we have, we see in verse 14 through 16 in Romans chapter 8, there is a freedom from fear that comes from the Spirit. And you'll see it here. I'll read it. It says, for those who are led by the Spirit of God, Again, we're talking about filled with the Spirit, led by the Spirit. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit that you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. No. The Spirit we received brought about your adoption. So therefore, the Holy Spirit sets me free from fear. Why? Because I know that I'm adopted. Hallelujah! I serve a good Father. Right? So I don't have to live in fear because I know that he's got my back. Wow. That means I can take a step of faith. God's asking me to do this crazy thing. All right, Lord, I'm going to step out. I'm not going to be fearful because I know if you're the one leading me, I know you got my back and you're going to provide whatever it is that I need to get this done. This is how we live a spirit-led life. Because we are adopted friends. Amen? Now, I don't know what kind of relationship you have with your earthly father or mother, but I tell you what, there's not many things I would not do for my kids, and I think about how much more my heavenly father loves me and loves my kids and loves all of us. Wow. That we do not have to live in fear. You know, one of the greatest forms of Love. I've said this from this platform, I think, a few times, but it's amazing to me, and I'll give a shout-out to anyone here today who, who's adopted people into their families because, you know, I've been working in the kids' wing for the last couple of years, and I love those kids. I really do. Um, but I probably don't love them enough to, you know, take them all into my, <laughs> into my house. I love my kids. I want to keep my kids. I, I'm quite happy with three kids. And I love them because they're mine. Right? I was there in the delivery room. I'll save you the details. Um, I was there. They're my kids. And I love them. But man, for those people who adopt, you know, a son or daughter, a boy or girl, bring them into their home and love them. Love them. Just the same as any other of their kids. Wow. There's no higher form of love in my mind. It's easy to love my kids. I was there in the delivery room. <laughs> but to love someone else like that. And friends, this is what God does with us. It's what he does with us. Some of the most highest expression of love you can find. It's really cool. Ephesians 1.5, Paul says, His unchanging plan has always been to adopt us into his own family. It's always been his plan. It says to adopt us into his family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. And that gave him great pleasure. God takes great pleasure in adopting us into himself. And then he goes on to say, Paul again in Galatians 4, he says, Since you are his child, everything he has belongs to you. We serve a good God. The next thing, the Spirit, having this, living this Spirit-led, Spirit-filled life brings freedom from sin. Read it, and again, Galatians. I'm going back and forth from Romans to Galatians. Um, but we should walk in the Spirit, 
And we won't gratify the desires of the flesh. Those who walk in the Spirit. And again, this is not some, some mystical thing that you've got to conjure up in yourself that gets so you know, weirdly closed. You've got to be a person of prayer. You have to be in the Word. You need to be worshiping. Wow! Praise and worship, friends, is a key element to overcoming sin in your life. Let me tell you right now, praise and worship, it's huge. Are we doing this? Darren, I struggle with sin. Okay, do you want to be free of the sin? Uh Uh-huh, okay, well, here's a prescription, you know. Do those things. Be in fellowship, be in prayer, be in worship, be in your word. And not just for a day, but just continually throughout your life. His grace will help get you there. And I love this, and this is why, again, it says in Romans 8, 1, and I'm getting close to the end here now. He says, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I I take great comfort in this because, again, I will still mess up and sin. But I know, right? I don't have to to be condemned. I don't have to get down in the depths. All I got to do is get back up, ask Jesus for forgiveness, turn my back on the sin, turn towards Christ, amen, and keep moving forward. And again, I'm not where... You know, I haven't arrived yet, but again, thank God I'm not where I used to be. And I'm from glory to glory, moving closer to the person Jesus has called me to be by his grace, by his spirit. Not because I'm so smart, not because I got it all together, because I don't. And neither do you. (laughs) But this this, this is good news. I'll get the worship team, Pastor Mark, wherever you are, there you are. Worship team want to come back up at this time. And we're going to, we're going to shift gears here in just a moment. Um, the Spirit brings freedom from sin. Therefore, now there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit, who gives life, has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do, because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending His own Son. Wow. Jesus wants to set us free today, amen? Jesus said, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then. Do not let yourself be burdened again by a yoke of slavery, Paul writes in Galatians chapter 5. So the Christian life is a spirit-led, spirit-filled life. Life. That's what it's supposed to be. I don't know how you can come to any other conclusion reading Romans chapter 8. Again, it will look different from me and from you. But it is meant to be this way. In fact, I would say you cannot live the Christian life outside the power of the Holy Spirit. You can't do it. You can't do it. And perhaps you're here today and say, boy, you know, uh, that sounds all great. Man, I don't have this dynamic relationship with the Holy Spirit. Again, maybe I feel flat. Boy, I haven't had a touch from God's Spirit in a long time, or maybe never at all, or I've gotten off track. I need to recalibrate. I don't know where you fall in that spectrum. But let me tell you right now, I don't want to be here just to play church. I want to be here to allow time and space for the Holy Spirit to pour into you. I can't do that, but God's Spirit can Pastor Darren, I've messed it up. I don't even know where to begin. Friends, let me tell you, God's grace is here to meet you. It's amazing. You know, the Hebrew word for grace literally means to bend and to stoop. 
God bending down to meet us where we're at. It's amazing. You know, someone once said, love that goes upward is worship. Love that goes outward is affection. But love that, love that stoops is grace. And Jesus wants to stoop down <laughs> and meet you where you're at today. So in the next few moments together, we're going to worship. We're going to have a time of prayer. If we have any of the prayer team here, be ready because we want to pray together. Would you stand to your feet? This afternoon, we'll be out of here soon. With our hands lifted high in praise, it's you we adore, singing Let's believe you need a touch from the Holy Spirit. Here we go. Waiting here for you with our hands lifted high in praise. And it's you we adore, singing for those of you here this, today and you would just say you know what Pastor Darren I do need a fresh and filling of the spirit I need a recalibration I need to give my life to Jesus <laughs> maybe you've never done that before or maybe you need to rededicate your life to him I want to just invite you at this time you can come down to the front we're going to have a time of prayer and ministry we're gonna, you can come on down right now you just need a fresh touch of the spirit that you want to live this spirit-filled, spirit-led life. Jesus, I know I can't do it on my own. I accept your grace today. I accept your provision for me today. I know I can't do it. And if that's you, you want to come, yeah. And you know what? That's all of us. But if you want to come and pray and receive that today, come on. Come on to the front. Any of our prayer workers, altar workers, be ready. We're going to pray. Don't be shy. Don't be shy. Jesus is here to meet us and to help us in our time of need. Jesus, Jesus. You are everything you promised. Your faithfulness is true. We're desperate and we're desperate for your presence. All we need is you.
waiting here for you with our hands yes, lifted her And it's you we adore, singing hallelujah, singing hallelujah. Yes. Amen. We're going to pray. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you today for my brothers and sisters here. We're going to still spend a few minutes and we're going to pray for one another that God would fill us and strengthen us by his spirit and lead us. So let's not leave here today unless we've had someone pray with us, okay? Let's do that. But God, I pray for every person here right now, Lord, who just seeks, whether they're at the front or they're not at the front, but Lord, whose desire is to be filled by your spirit and to be led by your spirit. Jesus, I pray that you would fill them now Fill them up, Lord. In Jesus' name, fill them with your presence, with your power, with your hope. Lord, with, uh, free, set them free from fear. Set them free from uh, you know, the, the entanglement of sin. God, I pray that they would experience your grace right now in Jesus' name. Lord, that you love them. Lord, that they are sons and daughters of you. Lord, there's nothing that we can do to make you love us any more or any less. You love us so much. And we receive that today, God. We receive your love. We receive your grace. We receive your spirit, Lord. Help us to be led by your spirit and to obey and trust your spirit's leading in our lives. And so we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Lord, and if there's anyone here today who needs to give their lives to you, Lord, uh, maybe for the first time or a rededication, God, I just pray that wherever anyone is in the pew or up front, God, that they would just surrender their hearts to you. So Jesus, we love you. And God, I just pray that you would just begin to pour out your spirit here as we worship you in the next few minutes we have together. In Jesus' name.